All right, so thank you, Ken, for doing the announcements there today. And um, At this time, I'd like to invite up our guest speaker, Kenton and uh, Kaylee uh, Barkman, and their three kids, and it looks like she's kind of taking care of them right now, and a couple of them might have went downstairs. But I've never met in, um, Kenton before, but I've heard a lot about you. And um, I was just kind of, no, it was good okay. so, so far. And, um, and uh, I've heard that you had worked in, um, in, what was it, sorry, Mount Olive, yep. right? Create for the last eight years. Yep. And um, you're just, you've recently stepped away from that position? Just in June, yep. Okay. But, um, yeah, so we want to um, welcome you to our church today. And may God bless you as you preach or Thank give you. us your sermon. Appreciate it. Morning, everybody. I uh, I don't think I've ever preached from the side of a stage before. It feels I'm a very like OCD kind of person, so I just uh, I got to get my brain right here. Um, it's a pleasure to be here and, and to open God's Word with you. I'll just share just a tiny little bit about myself so you know who I am. Um, yeah, my name is Kenton, and I've been the youth pastor at Mount Olive for the last eight years. And uh, just resigned uh, in June. And we just felt God had brought our time there to an end. And we're not really sure what's next, but just kind of waiting for, for his leading in that area. Um, I have... Um, my wife went downstairs with the kids, um, my wife Kaylee, and we've been married last week, nine years, um, and we have three kids. Our oldest is Oliver, and um, our daughter Haven, and then we just have a two-month-old Evangeline. Um, so we're just, uh, I've been able to take a couple of months off, and I've been home with the new baby, and it's been it's been pretty special a uh, couple of months, so... Um, my connection here, um, with, with Alan is Matt Powell is one of my closest friends. Uh, we went to Briarcrest together, um, and we were in the same dorm and, and really good buddies. Um, so that's my connection here. And, uh, usually when I say Briarcrest, I get booze. So it's nice to not, uh, have that from you guys a little more, uh, inviting. So I appreciate that. Um, I don't know if uh, many of you are long-time people from the area. If you are, um, I thought I'd mention my grandpa um, was Gordon Head, who was the um, the music, the leader of the, the music program at Prairie for 30 years. Um, and my mom grew up in Three Hills uh, her whole life. So Three Hills in this area has been kind of a part of my life, even before um, we moved here. So um, I love music. I... I play guitar and piano and a bunch of other instruments, and I love to sing, and uh, I love basketball, and um, the Raptors, a big Raptors fan, and um, a new sport that a lot of people don't know even what it is, um, disc golf is one of my other favorite sports, so um, if you have heard at all about it or you haven't, there's a really good course in Three Hills, I can say that because I designed it. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, go go try it out. It's super fun. Um, anyways, I'm going to be just going through a psalm 
um, with you guys this morning. So if you do have uh, a Bible with you, we're going to be going through Psalm 103, um, which is, over the last few years, has become an, um, a favorite of mine. So um, while you're, you're opening to, to that, um, uh, I'll, just, I'll just tell you a, a little bit about uh, myself and, and how the story I'm going to tell relates to this psalm. Um, I would say that naturally I'm um, somewhat of a forgetful person. I don't know if anybody here can relate to that. Um, but my personality is um, I focus very much on where I'm at and what I'm doing and thinking about the future and thinking about all sorts of other things kind of just goes by me, and um, I think you could very fairly call me forgetful. Um, When I was at Briarcrest, um, I was dating Kaylee, and and she had come to Prairie. She did the nursing program at Prairie, and uh, she, I remember one time we were, I was texting her, and she said, aren't you supposed to be in a meeting right now? And I realized, like, oh, shoot, I am supposed to be in a meeting. And from that point on, she took my schedule, even though she was here in Alberta, and she would text me reminders about things in my, my, my day um, in my plan um, at Briarcrest, and she would help me um, just kind of remember those things. One time, and I'm not proud of this at all, um, I was invited to a friend's wedding, and uh, my wife was gone home for the weekend, and I was just sitting at home on Saturday, and uh, thinking about the wedding in the morning, and then I got doing stuff, and, and it didn't really enter my mind. And I remember I, um, I was reading a book, I watched a movie, I uh, did some work outside, um, and then all of a sudden it was like six in the evening, and uh, I thought to myself, I'm, I think I'm supposed to be somewhere, but I, I couldn't remember where. And it was the next morning that on Facebook, I saw my friend had posted pictures of their wedding the day before that I was supposed to be at, and I had just completely forgot about it. Um, that, is, that is kind of how my mind is. It's, uh, I, I am very quick to forget um, if I'm not having somebody reminding me of things. That's kind of um, my natural. And so uh, I'll come back to that in a little bit as we go through this psalm, um, because as much as, you know, I hope you're not as forgetful as me, um, there is a tendency, just as human beings, to forget. There's a tendency, um, even when we think about biblical truths, what we know, um, we kind of have to learn things over and over and over again, because we can be so quick to forget, oh, thank you, Luke, you're amazing. We can be so quick to forget. And that's one of the beautiful things about gathering together is the church, actually, as we sing songs and we open the word and we're reminded of stuff, probably most of it isn't new knowledge a lot of times. A lot of it is just a reminder. Um, Hey, this is who God is. Um, This is what he's calling you to. This is what he expects. This is um, how he's with you. This is how he's empowering you. All these things that we probably know, um, but we need to be reminded of because we can be so quick to forget. Psalm 103 is written by David, um, but it's, it's not one of, um, it's not a part of, there's kind of three Davidic sections of the Psalms, and it's not a part of that. Um, it was actually added to the Psalms later on in Israel's history, um, and 
there's a pretty good chance it was actually probably added when Israel was in exile, when they had been taken captives to a different country. Um, And that's probably when they found this psalm that David had written and added it to their collection, Um, which I'm going to come back to in a little bit because I think that's really, really interesting. Um, But what I want to do is we're just going to work through this um, in, in sections. So if you have your Bibles, follow around, uh, along with me. I'm reading from the, the NIV, the, the 1984. That's my favorite. Um, so, yeah, follow along. I'm going to read the first couple verses here. Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. David starts off this psalm um, with this expression, Praise the Lord, O my soul, or bless the Lord, O my soul, where, you know, we we have a lot of songs that come from this psalm um, and the next one. Um, This expression, O my soul, that David uses is not one that we as um, the Western church, um, we don't use this a lot. Um, But for uh, for a Jewish person, um, this reference to their soul was just kind of this expression that was about everything that I am. To a Jewish person, the soul was like your whole existence. It's this really big phrase, this expression. And basically what David was saying, actually the, um, I think it's the NLT, says it really, really well. Let, let all that I am praise the Lord. May everything that I do, everything about who I am, may that be about exalting God. Um, And this is how David starts this psalm. This desire that every part of him, oh my soul, with my whole heart, he continues on, all my inmost being, everything, would that all be about praising God, lifting him up? And it's really cool because um, he's, this psalm is written to himself. He's, he's preaching here to himself, actually. Um, He's reminding himself to worship God, to look to God, to lift him up, to praise him. And, and the reason that is so significant is because worship, for one, is, is so much bigger than, you know, just singing or um, speaking words of praise, right? Worship, in David's mind here, he's talking about this, this idea that infiltrates every area of his life. Worship, to him, is about everything in his life. And I think what's really important here, and we're going to see as we go on, is that worshiping God is not primarily about how we feel. It's not about a feeling primarily. God gave us emotions and feelings that enhance things like praise and worship. But at the end of the day, we don't worship God because we feel like it. In fact, David's doing the opposite of that here. He's calling himself to worship, even though he may not feel like it. Um, saying, let every part of me be about worship, and he's reminding himself. And then he goes on, he finishes that, that second verse with, let me not forget all the good things that he has done. And then he starts in verse 3, I'm going to read, um, going right off of that. He says, who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. I love how he jumps into this. He says, 
Let everything about me be about worship. Let me not forget who God is, all the good that he's done. And then he starts listing things. Right? He forgives my sins. Right? And he begins to remind himself of specific things that he needs to be praising God for. And entering into worship because of. This is very personal for him. Um, David's reminding himself, actually just like the New Testament author in James says, James chapter 1. That every good thing that we have comes from God. Um, he's reminding himself of this truth. I don't know um, at what stage in David's life he wrote this psalm. Um, but at any point um, in it, we can look back at David's life and see, you know, this is true when his life was great, when he was the king, when he was respected and everybody loved him. This is true when he was um, running away and fleeing um, for his life, um, David's, David's heart was to remind himself here of who God was. He goes on in 7 to 12, and we're going to go right into it, um, to not just remember things that God had done for him personally, but he actually starts to look back in history and remind himself more big picture. He continues in 7, he says, He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. And then here he's actually quoting um, from Exodus, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. This is, this is beautiful in so many ways. Um, but one of the things I love about it is how it's, just, it's compounding upon itself. He starts with this, this big giant expression, let everything about me be about God, be about praising him. Um, and then he says, here's some of the things for me personally that he does. Um, and then he, he takes a step back even farther. And he says, look at Israel's history. Look what he did with Moses. Look what he said to Moses. And he quotes Exodus 34 when God appears to Moses and um, he says, this is who I am. And he quotes this, um, calling Israel back to their history. Right? Remember who God is. Uh, and then there's this, this really interesting phrase here. He says, so great is his love for those who fear him. And that's a really interesting expression because that's not something that we talk about a lot, um, fearing God. Um, and I, I think probably because um, maybe it's not, maybe we don't have a really great word for it in English. Um, but often we hear this word fear and we think of um, phobias, right? Um, I'm, I'm deathly afraid of sharks. Uh, I don't know why I always have been. Um, I even, there's even a part of me, and I know I'm in my 30s, and this is silly, even when I go to a swimming pool, if, if the deep end is really dark, I'm not 100% convinced there's no sharks in there. <laughs> you just, you never really know. Um, but this isn't, this isn't what um, David is, is talking about here, those who fear God, having this phobia that, that it's just like God is, 
is terrifying. Um, I like to think of um, the expression fear God. This is, this is really common. If you've ever read Proverbs, this is one of the most common things in Proverbs. You know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge um, and wisdom. Um, those who fear the Lord are secure. Um, he'll be a refuge for them. The fear of the Lord is, is a life-giving fountain. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's Philippians. Um, but fear is uh, a word I don't think we, we understand very well and the idea of what it means to fear God. And I really love um, the picture. Rather than thinking about phobias and things that you're afraid of, um, somebody, I heard somebody talk about um, the fear of God kind of like you're standing um, on the edge of the Grand Canyon. And there's no railing. Um, you're just kind of standing there on the edge looking out. And it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. It's awe-inspiring, right? It's incredible. It's huge. It's magnificent. But at the same time, you realize that if you're not careful, you could easily take a step forward and fall down, right? Because God is a lot like that. He's magnificent. He's beautiful. He's loving. He's, he is full of grace and compassion, as David just reminded his readers here. But at the same time, he's God, and he's holy, and he's just. Not just good, but just. Right? Which means that he deals with sin and brokenness um, and evil. And the fear of God isn't something where we need to be afraid of God, um, like we're trembling. Because I believe, because of Jesus, we can actually approach the throne of God. Um, But at the same time, we know that God is this holy being who created everything. and, And he cannot be in the presence of sin Um, And we have to understand that actually it's that fear of God that often leads us into a holy life. If we didn't fear God, um, grace would just become um, really easy and wasted. Because it's just like, well, I can sin without any consequence because I have grace, right? But understanding that who God is, we understand that, oh, actually, there's this other side of who God is. And that, you know, he's not to be tested and trifled with. And, and actually, it matters how we live our life because he has saved us, not just so we could go to heaven. He's actually called us into a different kind of life. That he might transform us and change us. It actually matters what we do and how we live. Um, and this is how the fear of the Lord is actually a blessing rather than, you know, Something scary. Um, Fearing God, remembering that he is kind and yet also just um, pushes us um, to live holy lives. Okay, going on in verse 13. Oh, I love this part. David writes, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone. And its place is remembered no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And his righteousness with their children's children. 
with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. I love how he goes from this, this picture of uh, reminding Israel what God has said in Exodus, what he revealed himself to Moses, and then back to this kind of this more intimate personal picture of a gentle father, um, a father who knows his children and um, gives them what they need. Reminds me of uh, what Jesus said as well. Um, but God is not distant and oblivious to our needs. He knows exactly what we can handle um, better than we do ourselves. And he equips us to go through those things, right? David reminds himself of God's gentle care and also his faithfulness. Um, this is an amazing picture of a father. Um, it's a challenge to me as a father um, as well. Okay, we're getting uh, getting to the end. This is I love this psalm. Verse 19 goes on. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels. You mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts. You his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. The last couple verses that David finishes with um, are all about how creation is already praising God. The angels are praising him. Everything is pointing to him. Praise him. And he, I kind of imagine him kind of getting like, like pumped up, excited here as he's He's thinking about how the heavens already declare God's glory. The angels proclaim it. They're the ones already doing his, his bidding. Look at the heavens. They're full of his armies, his hosts. All his works everywhere in his dominion point to him. And then he comes back to this personal challenge to himself again. And he finishes with, praise the Lord, O my soul. In light of all of creation, in light of all the angels and the stars and everything that God has made, David says, now let everything that I am be about praising him, being about worshiping him. Um, it's the same way he started the psalm, um, and it's how he finishes it. Um, and I think he compounds it beautifully. Um, so the last eight years I've been um, in full-time ministry in Three Hills, working with students, um, and there have been, uh, a lot of blessings from that and, and some really amazing things that we've seen God done, uh, God do, um, um, building into, to kids and pointing them to Jesus and seeing people encounter him and want to give their lives to him, getting baptized and, um, yeah, so much really exciting stuff. And at the same time, um, it's been, um, a greater challenge than I imagined, too. Um, I used to look, and, and again, this is, this is pride in me. Um, I used to look at anxiety and worry as, um, because I'm a person that's very forgetful and I'm not always thinking about the future, I'm, I'm, I'm not naturally somebody who's really anxious or worried. And I used to look at that, um, that sin and struggle as... Um, I don't know, maybe weak because 
I'd never really struggled with it. And it's easy to, it was hard for me to relate to a struggle like that. Um, and God really humbled me in the last few years um, because I started getting really anxious and really worried about so many things, most of it having to do with the fear of man um, and being afraid uh, of what people think and worried about um, how things are going and if I'm doing a good enough job and, and um, all sorts of things. Um, I found this psalm part partway through, and obviously I've read it before when I was a kid, um, but it stuck out to me a few years ago, um, and I felt like as I read it, it was like this life was breathed into me, um, because it was this reminder that in my discouragement and in all the struggles and the hard things, um, when it was maybe hard for me to engage in active worship, um, that's when I'm called to remind myself of the truth. Um, I'm called to remind myself to worship. Because, like I mentioned before, worship is not primarily about how I feel. God is not worthy of my praise when I feel like he's worthy of my praise. Um, and oftentimes, um, when things are difficult or I'm discouraged or I'm struggling... Um, it's hard for me to look at God and think, oh yes, I need to worship him. I need to praise him and be thankful um, because um, I get focused on myself. And I mean, that's what I learned um, about anxiety was all the times when I was most anxious, it was always what I was focused on in my own life. Um, and I'd taken my eyes off God um, and what he wanted for me. And one of the things that I find so refreshing about this psalm and the way that David wrote is that David was always honest with God. Um, you know, one minute he's writing this psalm for all of Israel um, that's like, man, talking about how God has abandoned him and everyone is trying to destroy him and um, being pretty dramatic at times. And... The next minute, he's writing a psalm like this that is all about exaltation and, and lifting up God and worshiping him. And I actually think that's really amazing because he didn't just pretend like the hard stuff wasn't there, like it didn't exist. It wasn't difficult. Um, he rather took it and gave it to God and said, God, this is what's going on, and it's really tough. And then he would challenge himself to remind or to, to remember who God is, what he's done, and what God is calling him to. Now, you remember at the start I said that this wasn't originally part of, of, of the, the three sections of the Davidic Psalms. Um, it was found later and, and added to the Psalms, and likely when Israel was in exile. And so if you can imagine... Um, Israel being um, taken over by another country, their temple destroyed and taken off, many people killed, and taken off to another country, living as exiles and slaves um, and wondering what God's doing, where is he? They talk about this, this period of silence where there weren't any prophets and they wondered, what, what is God doing? Um, and they find this psalm that David wrote and they add it to their collection, 
And it's this psalm that calls them to worship. Points them back to Israel's history, what God has done, who he is. And says, look, all of creation is already praising him. David says, let, let that be me. Let that be my life to be all about that as well. I imagine that that was probably a huge challenge for them. And maybe even at first they're like, what? David, you know, he doesn't know what we're going through. Although if, if they look back at his life and his history, they would remember that he does very well. Um, but I think it would have been this really cool challenge that in exile God was calling them to take their eyes off of themselves um, and remember who he was. Now, um, one of the things that I did with this psalm when I found it a few years ago was I decided to write my own version. Not as a, I don't want to be heretical or anything. I didn't, you know, not to put in the Bible. Um, but as, as um, a response to this challenge to remind myself to praise the Lord. So what I did was I took the first two verses. I say, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all the good things he does. And then I just, I wrote that in the top of a page in my notebook, and then I left all these um, lines blank, and under them I started to write like David. For the first bit, I started to write a lot of really personal things. This is what God has done. This is what he's doing right now in my life, in my family. And then I took a step back and was like, this is what God has done, you know, with my um, my life. This is This is what God has done with the church that I was in. This is what God has done with all these things. Um... And, and I started to write my own version of this um, to remind myself, like David did, that God is at work, um, that not only has he done things in the past, but he's present with me and doing things, and he cares like a gentle father, like he talks about here. Um, and it was this powerful thing for me. And I come back, and usually every year I rewrite it um, and I was reminded as I was going through this this week, and I rewrote another one. And I'm not going to share mine with you because mine's it's very personal. Um, but that's my, my challenge to you um, to end this, this message. My challenge is, is write your own Psalm 103. Sometime this week, just take some time. And just like David did, call yourself to worship. Write down, remind yourself of some of the things that God has done. Remind yourself of the past, what he's done in the past, what he's doing right now in your life, um, in your family, and, and broader, your church. Um, remind yourself what he's doing, um, not for the sake of just knowing it, but to push yourself like David, to challenge yourself to engage in worship. And I would even say, um, get together with a close friend or with your spouse and go through it together. Talk about it. And praise him. Thank him. Um, one, of the, one of the best ways to get rid of complaining and bitterness um, is to practice thankfulness. And thankfulness is not something that we should just let happen when we feel like being thankful. Thankfulness is a practice. Something that we are called to do in worship. To remind ourselves of what we have and what we've been given um, as James says, every good thing we have is from God. And like David here, 
we need to stop and praise him and thank him for what he's doing. So let me just, uh, let me close in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, Thank you for the way that your word speaks, your spirit is at work, and thank you for the life of David and how up and down it was and how full of trial and um, really low lows, um, but then highs that um, remind us um, to not only look to you and worship you um, in the good times, but but the the more difficult times as well. Um, So God, I pray that this week for us who know you and want to follow you, that we would practice thankfulness, that we practice this um, this idea of worship, this praise in all areas of our life, no matter where we are or what we're doing, God, we would be reminded of who you are, what you've done, um, and we would learn things all over again um, and praise you for the way uh, that you're at work. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In your name, Jesus, amen. I, th- I, think, uh, I think that's in, so you guys are dismissed, I think. <laughs>